0: This offseason, the Carolina Panthers will once again be looking for a head coach, but how attractive is this job? We'll talk about it here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers
1: podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Single Wednesday throughout the rest of the regular season. I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now Of course, earlier this week on Wednesday, I did not do the weekly Wednesday mailbag because David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers owner, came out of hiding to let us know why. Well, that's not true. He didn't tell us at all why Frank Reich was hired. He told us just to speculate. You can figure it out on your own. Same thing he did last year with Matt Rule. I'm not going to get into particulars. He's not here anymore. You know why. Yes, we all know why. But we would like just to know why you felt like now, Monday, after 11 games and 12 weeks of the season was the time to do it and what you're going to do moving forward to make things better but what you did David Tepper was just recite how you brought the Rolling Stones and you brought Elton John and you brought uh Beyonce which is great excellent you've done all the things you brought music to Charlotte we'd never had music before so he didn't do that but to get to the point here we are on Friday now with me answering your weekly mailbag questions. And for people that have listened to the podcast um, before the season even came, you would know that during the off season and really before the season, I do the mailbags on Friday. So we'll get back to that once the season's over. So a special weekly Wednesday mailbag edition. On a friday here on On panthers but let me go ahead and get into your question starting off with brian who asks how do you think his irrational behavior by tepper will affect the next potential coaching hire slash search i see people saying ben johnson is a lock in quotes to be the next head coach but if i'm ben johnson and i had to choose between the panthers or the bears or chargers i have to believe that he would choose multiple other teams over us because of the situation here Yes. So the way it's been broken down by multiple people so far out in the NFL media, and I really think that Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk has been leading the charge in letting people know how unattractive this job is. So thank you very much, Mike Florio. Now, just because Mike Florio is saying that does not mean that all the coaches believe it. I listened to Adam Schefter Shockingly, on Monday Night Football at halftime, saying that, yeah, the Panthers job's going to be attractive. So one guy's saying it, another guy's not saying it, and there's always going to be the sentiment of there's only 32 of these jobs. Someone's going to want this job. This could be their opportunity. But as you mentioned, Brian, if you have other opportunities available to you, is this going to be the job that you want? I would probably say no knowing that the owner, David Sepper, quick on a trigger, folks. Now, if you were to work with him back at Appaloosa Management when he was a hedge fund manager, then you would be here for 20 to 30 years, and he would show you extreme patience. But if you're the head coach, you're not going to get very much time to show that things are right and you can win games. So maybe not the place you want to go if you are going to your first opportunity. Now, if it's your second opportunity, like Frank Reich, I don't know how many other opportunities Frank Reich really had This past head coaching cycle. And speaking to Scott Beller on Monday, it sounds like he's done. And David Tepper, he he probably knows that he's never going to get another opportunity after this one. But I also think David Tepper just drained him after all of the weekly meetings. And he's just probably like, I can't do this anymore. Now, that's on Frank Reich, he was already in Indianapolis with Jim Ursay, who was known to be very involved, like David Tepper. So, why you left that situation to come into a similar situation, but there's like no success at all so far since this guy's been the owner, is beyond me. But he wanted to be back in Charlotte. It was home for his kids and his wife. His brother coached at Wingate. I understood why he would take the opportunity. But man, when you really look back at it, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, and even throughout the process, it's like, damn, that is an interesting decision for him to make. So the David Tepper of it all makes it unattractive. Now, the money, of course, is attractive. But any of these jobs are going to pay these guys a ton of money. They're going to have generational wealth, uh, regardless of whether they go to Chicago, if that opens up, uh, it's, it's the charges that opens up the Patriots, any of these jobs, you're going to get paid. But David Tepper, he's someone who upset a lot of owners with the deal that he signed Matt Rule to, the seven-year $65 million because coaches weren't getting that kind of money. At least guys with that little experience weren't getting that kind of money. So he upset owners with that, much like the Browns upset a lot of NFL teams with the fully guaranteed quarterback contract uh, to Deshaun Watson. But we have not seen teams go out there and do that since then. We have not seen teams go out there and pay coaches like, I mean, we saw what John Gruden got, so maybe not. Uh, But either way, The temper of it all, aside from the money, not attractive. Uh, But a key piece to this, and Jake asks next, how appealing is Bryce Young for the next head coach? You're going to want to work with Bryce Young. And we have seen so far this NFL season from the rookie class that CJ Stroud far and away has been the better player. Will Levis, he's only started five games. He has looked better than Bryce Young in those five starts. It helps that DeAndre Hopkins. His offensive line is not great. The run attack is not what it used to be there in Tennessee. But Mike Vrabel's a better head coach uh, than Frank Reich, so it seems like he's in a better situation. In Tennessee, don't know what long-term they're going to look like with the new general manager, Rand Carthon, there. Uh, but Will Levis has come in, and he has looked impressive. And he has always had the physical tools in the arm. It was just whether he could play the position at a high level. And so far, he's played it at a passable level for a rookie quarterback. Bryce Young really hasn't done that. Now, Bryce has had his moments where he's thrown some dots. And you can see, okay, man, if you just give the guy some time, give him some weapons, a real offensive scheme for the for year 2023, then maybe he actually can be a pretty good quarterback. But so far, we haven't seen enough of that from Bryce Young. We also can go back to the debate of just whether he's big enough and he can fit into the NFL. And you look at Will Levis, you look at C.J. Stroud, you look at really every quarterback in the NFL, and Bryce Young just does not look like those guys. So it's a conversation we had going into the draft. and I'm sure it's going to be a conversation that's going to be had this offseason as coaches look at this job and decide, is that someone I want to work with? If they want to work with Bryce Young, then obviously that helps. I just don't think you can go out there and get someone who does not truly believe in Bryce Young. A coach might tell you they believe in Bryce Young, then come in here in then after a year, try to move on. But the owner, as we've seen, he wants Bryce Young. So he's going to go find someone who wants Bryce Young. And that could potentially limit your candidate pool if there's coaches out there that are not willing to tie their future and job status to a anomaly in a 5'10 probably 195-pound quarterback in Bryce Young. And that's understandable. I still believe that Bryce Young can be successful, but they have to believe. doesn't really matter if I believe. Does a coach out there believe, and can they get it out of him? We'll see. Personally, I don't think it's a very attractive job. I love the city of Charlotte. I think it's great. Have love for the Panthers. Would like for them to, to be good. But this is a bottom five roster. You're not quite sure right now what the general manager situation is going to be. Um, and you've seen how bad the roster is, it was the coach who got fired before the general manager. Like Scott Fitter is still here, so you have to wonder about that. I just don't see this as being... Of the two jobs available right now, it's this job in the Raiders. I guess I'm going to Las Vegas? (laughs) Even though I don't think Mark Davis is a great owner either. But you at least have a first-round pick. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, right now... Not a very attractive job. The Chargers opens up. Justin Herbert's there. You're going to want that. New England, they're going to have a top pick. They're going to have a chance to probably get Caleb Williams, or Drake May, Bears, same situation. You're going to be able to replace Justin Fields with the quarterback that you want. That is something that's very attractive to both general managers and head coaches. Now, speaking of GMs, Jake also asked me, is Scott Fitter on the hot seat now? And what does he have to do to bank? What does he have to bank on in the draft to potentially keep his job? Are we sure Scott Fitter is going to be here at the end of April, let alone the end of January or even December? I I don't – yeah, he's on the hot seat. He has to be. And a lot of people were surprised, and I am as well, how you fire Frank Reich on Monday, but Scott Fitterer is still employed. When you look at it, they still have games left to play. Frank Reich can contribute in a way, where Scott Fitterer, I don't know what he's really contributing right now aside from – scouting colleges, which they should have been doing throughout the entirety of the fall. They got the senior bowl going, coming up soon. The ACC championship games here in Charlotte on Saturday night. Looks like it's going to be a bunch of rain. So I don't know what you're really going to be able to scout there. And they don't have a first round pick. So I, I don't know what he can really do for you. Past trade deadline. Is he still negotiating? You have Samir Suleiman who can help you out with that too. I don't really see the reason why Scott Fitter is here and Frank Reich is not. And I have gone over this. It's a collaborative process. I went over quotes, I believe, last week during the mailbag of Frank Reich being a fan of DJ Shark and talking highly about Miles Sanders. And it's sounding like, okay, some of the moves that were made were not all Scott Fitterer. And we know the quarterback decision here, whether it was Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich and everyone believing in Bryce Chong, David Tepper was always going to get the guy he wanted. And that guy was Bryce Young, So everyone was going to need to get on board whether they wanted to or not, but I do believe that they were on board because they wanted to be on board, but also that the owner was going to get the quarterback that he wanted. So I don't know how much you really can pin on Scott Fitter, but you look at the draft classes, they have not been good enough. Have all those picks been the guys he wanted? We know the over... um, I don't even know the word really, but uh, we know how much control Matt rule had, at least from what David Tepper said, that he's had, well, He had too much control. So is, is that why, because David Tepper knows better than all of us, what Scott Fitter has been able to do, what decisions he's made. And maybe, maybe he thinks, okay, it was actually Matt rule with all those drafts this past year. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was Frank Reich. Uh, I don't know y'all. I really don't know how he's still here. I tried. I try, I Do not. It, Feels like only a matter of time, but you would have felt like that time would have been on Monday. So if it wasn't on Monday, why Axe Reich but then keep Fitterer around for the remainder of the season if you're not going to fire Fitterer? Like, I would guess you're probably not going to fire him if he's still hanging here. That one is uh, puzzling to me. I guess we'll find out soon enough. And he didn't answer on Monday, ran out of there, so we, we just don't have an answer there. All right, let's take a quick pause here and I'll come back and answer uh, more of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions on a Friday here on Lockdown Panthers. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets of any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. And hey, if you live here in North Carolina, we are only weeks, months. We're not quite sure. It kind of looks like there's a bit of a delay there when we're going to finally have legal sports betting throughout the state. Um, so it'll be happening soon. So be patient, but still if you're somewhere where you can bet, go ahead and join FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. We've got college football playoff coming up soon. You got bowl season, you got the NBA, you got all the sports going on and the app is so easy to use. Just a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over/unders and more. So visit fandle.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season Fanduel official partner of the nfl
1: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: All right, let's get back to your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions on a Friday here on Locked On Panthers. Let's go down to South Africa to Andy from Cape Town, who says, I'm wondering... What do you think the chances are that Tepper will realize he's way too involved in the day-to-day football side of the team and hire president of football operations to insulate the general manager and coaches from his influence? And if he does that, who do you think would be a good fit for the role? Yeah, well, Andy, I'm sure you uh, listened to David Tepper's comments the other day. I at least read about him. Maybe you listened to me reacting to him on the podcast um, the other day. That does not sound like a man who believes he is the problem. Why do I believe that? Well, David Tepper recited all the things he's done for Charlotte. And he was like the question he was asked when he decided to recite all the events at the stadium and bring up how in other aspects of his life, people stay with him 20 to 30 years. They never leave me. Um, Well, that question was about the lack of stability. And that's where he decided to go. When you look at the business side of things, what happened to Tom Glick? Tom Glick, who was the first CEO of Tepper Sports Entertainment, mysteriously left, reappeared at Chelsea Football Club, a better job, mind you, anyways, in the English Premier League. Then he brought in Nick Kelly to be the Charlotte FC president, and once Glick left, Nick Kelly took over the Tepper Sports Entertainment CEO uh, job, and Nick Kelly was dubbed by Sports Business Journal as one of the up-and-coming leaders in sports business, and after two to three months on the job, he was gone mysteriously still have no idea where he went so david tepper talks about people staying with him for 20 or 30 years he can't even get his ceos to stick around for two to three months so i don't understand how he can't see he's the problem That like that's right there shows you when he is so dense that he can't even admit even on the business side of things while he might have the team he likes now It took a little bit of time, and he was patient in the football side of things by reworking the business aspects of the Carolina Panthers, and I applaud him for doing that, but we've seen the business aspects while there's more events, and they've done a great job of running them, Uh, there's been some flaws still in that system, which there's going to be. When you're in the early stages of taking over a new business and really building a new business, that's what Tepper Sports and Entertainment uh, truly is. And we have seen it on the football side of things. But the way he talked about that and his involvement, he just does not get it. And that is frightening, terrifying, maybe. (laughs) If you want to be a little bit hyperbolic about it as a Carolina Panthers fan, it's not a good feeling. Uh, that's going to keep you warm inside. It's going to make you feel really gross knowing that David Zepper is just completely numb to the fact that he is the problem. So that's not ideal. Now I do agree with you there as far as hiring a president of football operations. I don't know if I said it here. I went on with Nick Carboni of WCNC sports director there, local NBC Charlotte affiliate here on Monday talking about David Zepper and his involvement and firing Frank Reich. And I I suggested that what he needs is that, a president of football operations. Get someone who has been around football for a long time. Put them in position to run the entire front office operation. You have to be, you gotta be able to just see control. Find like a, like a Bill Polian type. I don't have a name in particular, but find someone like that who's been around for ages, who can step in, who has connects all across the league, knows football, knows how to run a front office, have them come in and just oversee everything. Have them be the person who hires the general manager. Have them be the person who hires the head coach. And of course, yes, David Tepper, when you're going through those processes, have them report to you. And yes, you're the owner. Maybe you should talk to the coach as well. Of course, you should have a relationship. But as far as the day-to-day goes, you need to hire someone to be the shield between you and the rest of the organization. You need that, per- You they report to you. That should be the case. You should not be meeting weekly with the head coach or the general manager. Have the president of football operations be the shield, as you're mentioning there, Andy, between Tepper and the rest of the football side of things. You have that person report to you on a weekly basis, that's what, it, what you wanna do, on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, I don't know how you wanna do it. I feel like that's the best thing forward. Find an experienced football person who can use their connections to hire a general manager, then they go hire a coach and to fix the football side of things. That that's just what I think, because he's just not, he doesn't understand it. Like football, like it is a business, but like it's a little bit different as we've seen from his normal businesses because it is a sport. And we're just not seeing David Tepper understand that. So I think that might be the best path forward uh, for the Panthers if they want to get out of this mess with David Tepper just constantly interfering and having them at 30 and 63, uh, likely be 30 and 64 come the end of the weekend since he took over as the owner here in Carolina. Uh, over to Nick now who says, uh, do you think it is still irrational to believe the offensive roster is not that far away if we hire a staff that uses the team to its best ability? Yeah, it is irrational, man. This is not a good roster. It isn't. Let's just be honest here. It's not a good roster. I think you look at the defense foundationally, you see some pieces that you can build a defense around. Derrick Brown, Brian Burns if he stays. J.C. Horn, if he can ever be healthy. You look in the middle of Frankie Louvre, you can build around him. They had Shaq Thompson as well. Uh, and, the, and the secondary, I mean, I've already mentioned J.C., but there are pieces defensively. like Jeremy Chin as well, Like they have foundational pieces. On the offensive line, you have Bryce, and you think Icky, but other than that, who would it be? Like we're gonna we'll let's just go like offensive line, let's we'll just start there. All five of the projected starting offensive linemen heading into the season are under contract next year. Including Chandler Zavala and Cade Mace. They're all under contract next year. The Panthers spent a boatload of time trying to fix the O-line. And we felt like they did that last year and they brought all those guys back. Of course, Corbett was injured to start off the season. We lost for Christensen after a week. And that has led to nine different combinations at guard this season. The Panthers picking up Gabe Jackson, who spent a uh, time in Seattle as a 130 career starts, apparently, and them trying to figure out they brought back Deontay Brown on the practice squad because they need options there at guard. Like that has been. Awful to see the attrition that's played out in that position. Just across the roster this year, they don't have a ton of depth. And we've seen that play out where if you have currently 12 guys on IR, and you've had even more than that be on IR this season, and you've seen kind of the guys have to step up, while the defense has been better post by, they really struggled before they got to the bye week, having to play against Detroit Miami. and Miami. Those are good offenses, yes, which is a reason why they would struggle, even if they were fully healthy. But we're seeing just a roster, top to bottom, one through fifty-three, and even going down to sixty-nine. When you add the sixteen players in the practice squad, is not good enough. Wasn't good enough last year. Wasn't good enough the year before. Wasn't good enough the year before that. Like this is not a good roster. And the team building aspect of things has not been great. So with the offensive line, I don't know if it's like you. It's as simple as okay, you get rid of all these guys because it definitely is not that simple when you look at the contract aspect and you look at some of the salary cap ramifications on the right side with Corbett and with Moten if you try to move on from then. And then are are you really going to move Icky inside? Is that even something that anyone's considering other than the fan base? Because I haven't heard anybody say that on the coaching staff ever or in the front office. It's just all fodder that you see on Twitter or in the comment section, I guess, here on YouTube. No one one is saying that except for the fans. So that's one piece of it. The receivers, Adam Thielen's going to be 34 next year. Is he going to be as good as he's been this year, next season at 34? I'm not banking on it. I was banking on him being pretty solid at age 33, which he has been. But outside of that, Terrace Marshall going in his, his last year's rookie deal. He wanted out. Is he going to be here next season? Lavishka Schnolz, a free agent. He's on IR now. Probably not going to see him the rest of the season. He's probably played his last game as a Carolina Panther. Not really going to weep over him leaving. Uh, DJ Chark, he's definitely gone. You got to completely rebuild the wide receiver core. Mingo has not shown you anything so far, but he'll be here. You need multiple wide receivers. You probably need to go out and get another running back, as I don't, with well, Deuce Daly not here anymore. Probably get a new general, general manager. Don't see why Miles Sanders would be on the roster. So you need more running running. running backs tight end Hayden Hurst is probably gone there yeah the the roster is not close enough Steve Wilkes did a good job establishing an identity leaning on that offensive line and run game but even last year we knew there wasn't a lot aside from DJ Moore on this offense that you could really rely on as a big time playmaker so yeah I do think it's irrational let's be honest man they've lost Christian McCaffrey they've lost DJ Moore in the last two seasons and once upon a time, Robbie Anderson, now known as Robbie Chosen, was a thousand yard receiver for them. They had Curtis Samuel as well. This was a team a couple years ago that had four guys go over a thousand yards from scrimmage. And that team went five and eleven. <laughs> so they're 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 not close. They are not close. We're looking at a team. Honestly, y'all, no matter who they bring in, we're looking at a team that is probably not gonna be much better next year. 2025 still wouldn't bank on it. I mean, we're probably looking at like 26. The next time this team is truly competitive and that's unfortunate, but that's just the reality of just how poor this roster construction has been and where they are with contracts and trying to bring back people in caps in the cap situation where they have decent cap. It's just not, it's not going to be an easy rebuild and no one wants to hear that. No No one wants to hear 25. No one wants to hear 26 and talk about a eight, nine year drought. But that might be the reality because of all the bad decisions that have been made uh, since David Tepper's taken over, especially once he got rid of Ron Rivera and brought in Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer. Things have not gone well for Carolina. So, no, the offensive roster is – they're not close. Yes, they are very far away. All right, take another pause here. Come back and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions on this Friday here on Locked on Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Of killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps, and with the ACC championship game going on here in Charlotte on Saturday night between FSU and Louisville, if you want to go, Game Time makes it super easy. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked NFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, a few more questions here on the weekly Wednesday mailbag on a Friday here on Locked On Panthers. Now over to Ian, who says, obviously winning cures all, but do you have a particular style of coach you are leaning towards? A Vrabel slash Campbell type, a Ben Johnson slash Mike McDaniel type, a former head coach, or a first-time head coach? Well, I would say of the types that you just mentioned, I definitely do not want a retread. I don't necessarily love the idea of retreads. They typically don't have that much success we saw Ron Rivera have success here in Carolina and immediately go on to have success in Washington that first year in large part because the division was trash and then since then well hasn't really worked out and you look across the NFL like any Reed is a retrap but he is someone who had a ton of success in Philadelphia then has gone to Kansas City and well he struck gold <laughs> grandpappy found oil and he got he got Patrick Mahomes uh, out of Texas Tech so that helps. And he was winning with Alex Smith as well. So it's a little different, but he's someone who had success. And Belichick was a retread. He went to New England. And yeah, he, he also struck gold and found Tom Brady. It, it That helps. Having a quarterback helps you win at a high level in the NFL. I just have seen plenty of examples. I think there's more examples of retreads not having success uh, than we have seen guys that re, retreads have success. Like Pete Carroll is Had success after failing in the NFL, went to USC, and then went to Seattle. He's done a great job out there. But looking across the NFL right now, like Dan Campbell, this is his first opportunity as a head coach, and he has the Lions looking great. Mike McDaniel, his first time as a head coach, and they're looking great. Vrabel, his first time as a head coach, and the Titans have had their ups and downs, but they've been a team that was number one seed uh, in the AFC not too long ago. Um, Buffalo, Sean McDermott, first time. As a head coach, he's at success. Robert Sala, his first time. Things aren't going great. That's maybe you shouldn't draft Zach Wilson. Uh, John Harbaugh, his first time as a head coach. Mike Mike Tomlin, first time. Kevin Stefanski, first time. Zach Taylor, first time. Uh, Now you have down in Jacksonville with um, Doug Peterson, retread. Super Bowl winning retread. So, so far that's working out really well. Shane Steichen, first time in Indianapolis. Miko Ryan's first time in Houston. I uh, already won over Reed. Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning head coach. Reach red, but they've won five in a row there in Denver. Uh, Vegas doesn't have a coach right now. McDaniels is a reach red. Sucked the first time. Sucked again. Not a sh- surprise. Brandon Staley, his first and last time ever as a head coach. No uh, you know, Sirianni in Philadelphia. Uh, McDaniel, not McDaniel, McCarthy, Super winning head coach. Who's a retread, in, in Dallas having success? Like the retreads right now in the league are all like Super Bowl winning head coaches: Doug Peterson down in Jacksonville, Sean Payton out there in Denver, Mike McCarthy down in Dallas. Uh, I mean, why, I mean the only other one. I mean Rivera's been to a Super Bowl but never won it. Uh, Dable's first time in New York. Uh, was it Kevin O'Connell first time in Minnesota? Mike uh, Matt LaFleur first time there in Green Bay uh, Ibra Flew first and last time it feels like in Chicago Arthur Smith first time uh, second time for Dennis Allen so the, he's a retread, not a Super Bowl winner as a head coach not going well Todd Bowles retread, not going well in Tampa um, Shanahan first time Carroll went over him he wasn't a Super Bowl winner before so okay there's that McVay first time and then uh, Kendall Roy out there in Arizona first time Jonathan uh, Gannon is actually his name. You, If you've seen the video, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, we went over. The retreads having success are guys that are former Super Bowl winning head coaches. And, like, three. you look at Belichick not having success right now. Uh, Carroll's having success, but I'm not interested in a retread. They just did that. And on paper, it made sense as far as just what they wanted to put around Bryce, but it failed spectacularly. And we're going to get into that just here momentarily. Uh, I'm good. I want a first-time head coach. Those are the guys having success right now in the NFL at a high level. Um, as far as like, do I want to like a Vrabels as Campbell seems like a former player, hard nosed like leader. I, I don't, I don't hate that idea. Now Reich was a former player as well. I don't hate that idea of having a former player um, as a head coach uh, of this team. someone that these that these guys can like really relate to and respect. Um, I, I don't hate it at all because that. Vrabel was a defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. And I was back in Nashville covering the Titans when he got the job. And I was pretty critical of it because the, Titan, the Titan, Texans defense was god-awful. Now, they had a lot of injuries that year, but they were bad the year Vrabel was the D.C. And it's very rare. I don't know if there's that many other ex- examples of guys coordinating a defense or an offense that bad and then getting a head coaching job. But I've seen um, – we've all seen that he's done a really good job because he's just a leader. That's what they need is someone who can lead men. And it's so cliche, I know, but that's what Steve Wilkes is doing in the culture of it all. And Cam Newton, he was on Barstool because he was on part of my take. I just saw a clip of it on, on like Twitter and Instagram or wherever. And he was just talking about the culture is just not there in Carolina. Like David Tepper's killed the culture. The culture felt back last year with Steve Wilkes. And that's a big reason why I wanted him. What's the culture under rule? Like, the way of the Panther. What was, what's the culture this year? Like there was a culture for the final 12 games of the last season that we haven't seen since Rivera was here. And Ray has been able to establish that. Dan Campbell has been able to establish that even through the ups and downs. So someone who can like establish a culture and just lead men. I mean, I'm cool with that. I don't necessarily need this young whiz kid as an offensive mind uh, for a, for a coach like Ben Johnson would be great. Obviously it would take it. Mike, a Mike McDaniel type would be great, but I don't know if I'm necessarily married to any type of coach. Just get me someone who these guys can believe in, get behind, and someone who knows how to deal with grown men. And is going to treat them with respect and demand respect from them as well and go out there and help them win football games. Because that's just not what they've gotten from Matt Rule and from Frank Reich the last two times. But Retread, not really interested in that. Uh, And now finally over to Jake, who says, now that it's officially over, in your opinion, where does Reich's disaster rank amongst the worst coaching performances in NFL history? I think it's on the podium of Urban Meyer and Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, but would love to know your thoughts. I don't know if that's really fair at all to Frank Reich. Um, Urban Meyer had no business ever coaching in the NFL. He's an embarrassment for a lot of things that went on in college, particularly the way that Florida program deteriorated and the way he allowed the players to conduct themselves and just... Things that were hidden down there in Gainesville. Swamp Kings on Netflix won't tell you the truth, but it wasn't great. Um, We all know how one of the former players, what happened to him once he got out of Florida. Um, And then you look at Ohio State, the Zach Smith stuff, Urban Meyer. he, he, He was teaching a leadership class in Columbus that was that's a joke but no urban meyer that was a complete farce, and the fact that he got more time than frank reich is ridiculous uh hugh jackson just got fired from grambling state by the way uh, if you guys keep up with what hugh jackson's up to only coached two seasons and got fired um down there uh in louisiana but uh yeah hugh jackson was a joke in cleveland i just i don't think for frank reich i have a lot of questions um as far as like yeah, I think there's always been the question of whether he wanted Stroud or, or Bryce. Did he actually wants Stroud? David Sapper, his involvement, you can't ignore all of that. I I don't think it ranks up there with that. Now, as far as just like the shortest tenures, it's fourth overall. Uh, but second, if you look at guys that actually made it to the regular season, it's unfortunate things didn't work out for Frank Reich. And, I, and I've said this before earlier this week. I do have um, empathy for him, for a guy who's the first quarterback in franchise history through the first touchdown in franchise history who has ties to the area aside from that and whose family you know went to school here in the Charlotte area before they went to college and how excited they were to come back here to Charlotte and call it home and apparently he's going to stay in the Carolina so I have empathy for him to be a guy who really had his last opportunity and this is how it went so I, I do feel for him and have a lot of empathy for a lot of people on the coaching staff I was talking to um my buddy Ian Fitzsimmons, who I used to work with when I worked at ESPN Radio up in Connecticut, and his brother's Devin Fitzsimmons, who's the assistant special teams coordinator. And I just told him, like, hey, man, like, hoping the best for your brother because there are people involved here. Like, I know it's your favorite team and the wins and losses, what you, what you care about, but these are people, man. They're human beings. Yes, they make a lot more money than you do and I do and maybe more than you'll ever see or I'll ever see in my lifetime. I don't know. Uh but still, like, they work so hard to get to the top of their field. And for it to go this way, it's unfortunate. So I'm not really here to bang on uh, on Frank Reich. I blame the owner more than anything. The owner's the one who brought him here. The owner's the one who's been way too involved. I, I blame David Tepper. Like in Matt Rule, in a, in a way, too. Like Matt Rule should have never been here, clearly, from what we've seen, hindsight 2020, but he should have never been here. And Frank Reich clearly probably shouldn't have been here either. So I feel for Frank. I wish him the best of luck. I, I thank him for, I don't know, the effort, I suppose. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's just kind of where I stand there, not sitting here trying to rank Frank Reich as one of the worst performances. He's had success before. I think he's clearly a fine coach. He just wasn't good enough for the Carolina Panthers here in 2023. And best of luck in retirement. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Um, again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back with you again on Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. Uh, but in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Sunday evening after the Carolina Panthers